You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. Open your Bibles very quickly to the book of Mark and chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, we're going to read just two verses of Scripture. Verse 21 and 22. Let's rise up for the reading of God's Word as a good custom in all House on the Rock Church is, in honor of the second person of the Trinity, the living Word of God himself. Amen. Blessed be God. Mark chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. Something is about to happen. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mark chapter 2, 21 to 22, it says, No one sews a piece of unstrung, unstrung cloth on an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old, and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts the wineskins, and the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wine skin. I came to tell somebody this Sunday morning that God has new wine for you. God wants to do something new in your life. God wants to make a way in the wilderness. God wants to make rivers in the desert. God wants to exceed your expectation. God has new wine for you. However, our God is not a wasteful God. He will not pour new wine into old wine skins, lest both the new wine and the wine skins be lost. He needs you to have a new wine skin so that he can pour his new wine into you. Amen? Does that make sense? Well, like I mentioned a moment ago, I was at a wedding on Thursday, and in the course of the wedding, I was co-officiating that wedding of Olumide and Esther. Uh, I heard a prophetic word. It came just casually in the course of the ceremony. Probably it was more a humorous word, but it was repeated a few times. And that word was update. Oh, Jesus. Come on, tell your neighbor, update, update, update. Uh, yeah, it was just said in passing. But the person that was even saying it probably did not know that that was a prophetic word. Uh, an update, an update is needed. Tell your neighbor you need an update. You need, you need an update. You see, your current software cannot carry what God wants to give to you. Oh, Jesus. You need an update. Hallelujah. The simple subject of my meditation this Sunday morning is, this is an update. Tell your neighbor, this is an update. Hallelujah. Mighty Father, speak through me like only you can. Let me be your voice today. Let yokes be destroyed, let burdens be lifted. And give us a divine update, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. And the people shouted aloud, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbors to you take your seat. This is an update. This is an update. Hallelujah. Amen. As I 
consider, I ponder, I meditate upon God's call upon my life, I find out that one of my key assignments in my call is to be God's voice. To be God's voice, to be a voice for God. Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. Uh, John the Baptist appeared on the scene and he introduced himself uh, not as a priest, prophet, or a king. He introduced himself as a voice. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. I am a voice. I am a voice. I came to let somebody know this Sunday morning, I am a voice. And the assignment of every man of God actually is to be a voice, to be a voice. Hallelujah. In the book of Psalm 62 and verse 11, it says, uh, God has spoken once, and twice have I heard that all power belongs to God. How does God speak once, and I hear twice? Uh, for that to happen, it means there has to be an echo, or there has to be a repetition somewhere. It is said in heaven, but it has to be repeated on the earth. And the assignment of a man of God like myself uh, is to repeat uh, what God has said in the heavens uh, on the earth. I am a voice. I'm not just any voice. I'm a voice repeating what has been said by God in the heavens. I am the voice of God to you if you choose to believe it and to receive it. My assignment in being a voice of God is to tell you what God wants. Um, when God's voice is spoken, things change. When God's voice is released, yokes are destroyed. When God's voice is, is set loose, burdens are lifted. Is there anybody ready for a reset? Is there anybody ready for a lifting? Is there anybody ready for a change? Under the sound of my voice, come and shout, yeah! Ah, as his voice, I, 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 I unveil to you what God wants. So what does God want? Uh, God does not want a house made of brick and mortar. He's looking for a house of living stones, and you are the living stones. He wants to make his dwelling place with and in men. Oh yes, the Bible is all an unveiling of what God wants. God wants you to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue it, and to have dominion. God wants to redeem a man and restore him to his original position that he always meant for him to be. He wants to destroy the works of the devil. He wants you to have life and have life more abundantly till it overflows. Somebody say amen. He wants to move in our lives like never before. I said it last week Sunday, my God is a God of the reset. He wants to redeem you. He wants to reconcile you. He wants to revive you. He wants to repair you. He wants to refresh you. He wants to replenish you. He wants to restore you. Somebody shout hallelujah. My God wants to bring a divine reset into your life. He wants to blow your mind. He wants to do so much more for you than you even want for yourself. Somebody give God the praise in this house. I have received the commandment to bless and bless. I will bless. I cannot help myself. I decree and declare you are blessed.
hallelujah. And even though I tell you uh, that God wants to do all of these things, uh, I only speak like that uh, from the human plane and perspective. If I was to be spiritually accurate, uh, what I'm actually telling you is what, not what God wants to do, uh, but what God has already done. He's already done it. Oh, Jesus. In reality, it is already done. All things are ready. Oh, you don't believe me. Oh, you hear me what I'm saying. In the book of Revelation, chapter 13 and verse 8b, it says, The Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the earth. The Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the earth. Wasn't he just slain 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary? How come you're now saying slain from the foundation of the earth? Because in the spiritual realm, in the realm of God, it didn't happen two year, two thousand years ago. It happened well before then, right at the foundation. This means that God slayed the lamb before your great 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 grandfather committed his first sin. He had already paid for it. Are you hearing me? What I'm saying? It's already done. When God tells you I'm going to do something, He's speaking your language. What He's actually trying to tell you is that I have already done it. You just haven't stepped into it in time already. Tell your neighbor it's already done. It's already done. Preach to somebody somewhere close to you. Say, I don't know what you're going through right now, but it's already done. Now somebody's saying that, but, but if it's already done, how come we are not living in the experience of it? Well, I'll tell you why. In the book of Psalms 119 and verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And I searched the scripture, and I did not find anywhere where it said, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled on the earth. So in the heavenly realm, in the spiritual realm, it's already done. You have already been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. That's in heaven, but not on earth. Okay, so his word is settled in heaven, but you and I are meant to settle that word on the earth. Hallelujah. It's already done in heaven, but it's not yet done on the earth. We are the ones to get it done on the earth. It is through us that he gets it done on the earth. Hallelujah. It's done there, but now I've got to get it done here. I'm already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, but I've got to be able to find a way of transferring what is done there to here. Amen? Are you with me? <laughs> Baba Bose, the scripture says that when they tell you the kingdom of God is here, there, and over there, don't believe them because the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is on the inside of you. Heaven is inside you. I'm getting ahead of myself, but let me try to unpack it properly. In the book of First Thessalonians, chapter 5 and verse 23, First Thessalonians 5 and verse 23 says, and the very God of peace sanctify you Holy. That means completely. That means entirely. I pray that God, I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a spirit who lives in a body and has a soul. This scripture reveals that man is tripartite. He is spirit, he is soul, and he is body. Hallelujah. You are first and foremost essentially spirit but you 
live in a body and you have a soul. Can I have three gentlemen quickly come forward and help me illustrate this point and bring it home? Three gentlemen, any three gentlemen to quickly volunteer and come forward. Thank you so much. You can stay down there and face the people. Um, okay, brilliant. Just face the people. Hallelujah. So, you are spirit, you, are, you have a soul, and you live in a body. This is the tripartite nature of man. You are spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. This is the way that it is. And God wants you sanctified in each of these areas. Hallelujah. Uh, the, the man that God created in the beginning, when he said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness, was a spirit man. Why? Because God is not flesh and blood and bone and all of this. God is spirit, for God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. So when God said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness, what he was creating, what was being formed then, was the spirit man. But then in Genesis chapter 2, we know that he formed man of the dust of the earth. What he formed then was the physical man, the body man, the dust man, dust thou and to dust shall thou return. That's not talking about your spirit. That's talking about the body. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? Then it says in the book of Genesis chapter 2 uh, that God breathed into the dust man, the spirit man, the breath of life. That's the spirit man that he had formed in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. And when the spirit man hit the dust man, man became what? A living soul. He became a living soul. So the soul was birthed upon the union of the spirit with the dust man, with the body man, with the physical man. So man is spirit, soul, and body, but the core essence of man is actually the spirit. Okay, so in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. All things have become of God. For um, God has reconciled us back unto himself. Now, when you got born again, when you came into Christ, this scripture says that all things became new. All things became of God. But I don't know whether you noticed that when you became born again, uh, your complexion did not did did not change. Can I get a witness? Uh, your favorite color did not change. Can I get a witness? Uh, your accent did not change. Can I get a witness? Uh, but meanwhile, I said all things are new and all things are of God. So uh, since scripture cannot be uh, co uh, contradicted, what was he talking about? Uh, I'll tell you what he was talking about. He was talking about in your spirit. The day you became born again, in that moment, in that instant, in your spirit, you became a new man. All things became new and all things became of God in that instant in, in, in the, a microcosm of even a millisecond. Boom! Everything in your spirit became of God. You, everything in your spirit became perfect, whole, complete. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. Are you hearing me? In your spirit. And it happens so fast that you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to find out what happened in a moment. Hallelujah. 
You're going to spend the whole of your life trying to find out what happened in that moment when your spirit became recreated, became as God. Ooh, Jesus, help me. Uh, God came to dwell inside your spirit. Now you're carrying the kingdom of God. Heaven is in you. Heaven is in you. The word of God is already settled in you. The blessings of God is spiritual places. It's in you. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? It's in you. This is why First John will say that you have no need that any man teach you anything, for you know all things. Jesus, what are you talking about? How do I know all things? Am I ma- is he making the office of the teacher redundant and unessential? No, he's not. He's telling you that in your spirit, you know all things. In your spirit, you know all things. In your spirit, your spirit, your recreated spirit knows all things. Your recreated spirit is full of God. And I know some of you, you stumble on it every once in a while, but you haven't really come to the full understanding of it. You know how somehow your spirit knows in advance what is about to happen? And every once in a while, you just, you pick it up. It comes to your consciousness that this is about to happen. That is about to happen. Or this is about to happen. And you dismiss it. And then it happens. I say, oh, I knew that was going to happen. How did you know? It was in your spirit. Hallelujah. And some of us have learned to heighten the sensitivity of our spirit to what is taking place in our spirit. So we are, we are, we are ahead of the game than most people. I was praying with somebody um, during the week about some challenges. And then if couple of days later, um, some evil report came and he had to go to the hospital and uh, there was the the scare of a particular diagnosis. And when I heard that, I, I, forgive me, I went to God, I said, God, am I so disconnected now that I could not have picked this up? before it happened, that this is not me, that when I walk with you, I'm able to pick up things. I'm able to to know that this is about to happen. I can sense when trouble is around the corner. How come I didn't pick this up? I, I was actually in my own secret place. I was debating that something is not right. Maybe I need to reset. I need to repent if I'm not able to pick these kind of things up anymore. So this, and I'm not making it all about me, but this, I'm just letting you into my own thought process. You are just what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. And then a few hours later, we just got the call that it was all a false alarm. I said, hey, hey. <laughs> it, it had to be a false alarm because I, I, I would have picked it up. I should have picked it up. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? Do you know how it is sometimes you're thinking about somebody and then the person calls you two seconds later? So I was just thinking about you. And you think it's just coincidence, it just happens. No, 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 spirits. Is anybody hearing me? Your spirit knows. You have no need that any man teach you anything. For your, your spirit already knows all things, all things. In your spirit, you know. You see, your spirit is far more resourceful than you are even aware Your spirit is not lacking for answers. Your spirit has the answer to every situation, every circumstance. Why? Because it knew about the situation and circumstance before it even occurred. It has the answer. But so many men, even believers, are disconnected from their spirits. So they, they are not aware. They are walking around oblivious, bumping into things, bumping into situations, bumping into circumstances and not seeing anything. Hallelujah. However, even though your spirit is loaded, 
Even though your spirit has all the answers, even though your spirit knows all things, even though your spirit is not lacking for knowledge, in your spirit uh, you know all things. Nothing takes your spirit by surprise. In your body you are able to contact your physical world. In your soul, your soul is the seat of your mind, your thoughts, your will, and your emotion. The, your mind is the bridge between your spirit and your body. Your mind is the decider. So we go to Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies unto God, a living sacrifice. Present your bodies unto God, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewal of your mind. Oh, yeah? So by the renewal of your mind, you are not conformed, you are transformed. You are transformed to what your spirit already is. So we start to see that though the spirit is the most powerful part of man, the actual decider, the gateway, the arbiter, the umpire of how much is already in your spirit gets shown up in your world is actually your soul. Your soul is the decider. Your soul is the arbiter. Your soul is the umpire. And the way that God wants you to live your life is from inside out, not from outside in. But most people are living from outside in. So their situations, their circumstances, what is going on is what they are feeding their soul, and then their soul is depressing their spirits. But this is the way God wanted you to do. All the answers, all the solutions are in your spirit. You are meant to get your soul to agree with your spirit, and then it starts to influence your world. So you are not conformed to the world. You are transforming your world. You, are, you become a transformer. Hallelujah. Do I have any transformers under the sound of my voice? Come on, shout yeah! Woo! Hallelujah. So the soul is the gateway. So the soul is the pathway. The renewal of your mind. Update. Somebody say update. The renewal of your mind. Update. Your mind needs to be updated. Your thinking needs to be updated. It says that you may be able to prove. The, to prove is to provide evidence. Uh, remember Romans 12, 2? That you might be able to prove the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. It says you're not going to be able to prove, to provide evidence of God's will of healing, of God's will of abundance, of God's will of direction, if your soul is not re renewed, if your soul is not updated. You won't be able to prove it. You'll be saying it is, but you have no evidence to provide, to show that it is. Third John and verse 2, it says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as, what? Your soul prospers. Update. As your soul is updated is the degree to which you will experience prosperity. Oh, Jesus, help me. Uh, as your soul is updated is the degree to which you're, 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 you will experience prosperity. Uh, the updates in your soul determine prosperity. Hallelujah. Now, most of us carry smartphones today, right? 
Hallelujah. Most of us carry Can you help me appreciate these brothers? I know they still want to take notes. Thank you so much. God bless you. You can go back to your seats. Amen. Most of us carry iPhones or Samsungs. What phone do you carry? Quickly ask your neighbor, what phone do you carry? Any Nokias in the house? Do they still make those phones? Hallelujah. <laughs> amen and amen. We all carry smartphones. Do you know that these are supercomputers? Most of us in our pockets, we're carrying supercomputers. They're mobile phones. Hallelujah. We need to talk to many of our wives and mothers and tell them there's a reason they said mobile <laughs> phone. Because too many of them, they leave the mobile phone and go on a mobile. <laughs> and you're calling, and they're not picking, because the phone, they don't even know where they left the phone. And then later they come and say, ah, I've missed this call, I've missed that call. It's a mobile phone. It's meant to be mobile. It's meant to go with you where you are going. But I need to talk to the brothers, husbands. He doesn't need to go into the bathroom, please, now. It's not life support. It's mobile phone. Hallelujah. You will still breathe for those moments that you are in the bathroom. Hallelujah. Doing the necessary business. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Where was I? <laughs> it's a smartphone. It's a supercomputer. But even this supercomputer has to be updated. Whew. As powerful, as good, as efficient as it is. You know, most of us totally underutilize this device. This device can do so much, and you are doing so little with it. Most of us are probably using only 5 to 10% of the capacity of the device. But we are happy to, to say, I have the latest Samsung. I have the latest iPhone. But you are not maximizing its capacity. Yay! Look, this supercomputer cannot compare with the computing capacity of your spirits, of the power you've got on the inside of you. But unfortunately, just like you are underutilizing this one, you are underutilizing this one. It has so much capacity untapped, unused, just sitting there crying for expression but having no expression because your soul has not been updated somebody shout updates update. it hasn't been updated so 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 every once in a while this device the ios the internal operating system has to be updated every once in a while the applications have to be updated. Every once in a while, I get frustrated because I'm trying to go into an app, and I'm pressing the app, and it tries to open and it closes. It tries to open and it closes, and, and I'm annoyed. What's going, with it, going wrong with this app? 
And then I remember that maybe there's an update that has been released that I haven't updated. So I go to the app store and I find out indeed that it is one of the apps that now has an update. So now I update it. And immediately after updating it, I go back and it opens. So I start to see that even though the app is there, if it's not updated, it's either not going to function at all or it's going to function subpar. An update is needed. What spiritual applications has God put in your life? What gift, what calling has he put in your life that is not functioning as meant to function simply because you have not updated it? Hallelujah. You see, the, 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 the operating system, that's a more serious update, you know, the operating system, because a lot of the time when you have a major iOS update, then you find out that virtually all of the applications or so many of the applications now also have to be updated to be able to function with the, the, the iOS operating system. Now, some people are operating on the iOS of the Old Testament, and they're wondering, why New Testament realities, new creation realities are finding no expression in their life. The apps won't work until you update to the present truth, all that will be established in the present truth, all that will be established in the grace of God, all that will be established in the finished work of Christ. Maybe the reason the new creation realities are not working is because your iOS is out of date. Somebody shout update. <laughs> so, I've got to update. I've got to update. I've got to update my iOS. I've got to update the way that I think. I've got to update the way that I operate. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo. The, the dictionary tells us that uh, to update is to make something more modern or up-to-date, to give the latest information about something, to act, an act of bringing something or someone up-to-date, or an updated version of something. Synonyms for update include modernize, bring up-to-date, renovate, refurbish, recondition, uh, overhaul, re-equip, improve, better, upgrade, streamline, make more efficient, bring up-to-code. <laughs> yeah, buddy. God is trying to bring you up to date, up to date, up to date, up to date, not your date, up to his date. Uh, and he makes all things beautiful in his time. He's trying to bring you up to his date, his date of the finished work. He's trying to bring you up to date. Hallelujah. This is an update. An update in your thinking. Oh gosh, uh, Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Where the update is needed more than anywhere else is in your thinking. The control center is your thinking. Your thinking is the primary determinant, determinant listen to this, of your reception. Uh, you can only receive that which you are able to 
comprehend you can only receive and retain it if you are able to comprehend it it determines what you receive God has so much to give you but can you receive it Jesus help me Jesus help me today I read Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 in the amplified translation of God's word and it says now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers desires thoughts hopes and dreams God wants to blow your mind God is able to do exceedingly abundantly super abundantly far above uh, over and above all not some all that you can dare even dare to ask or think infinitely beyond our highest uh, prayers desires thoughts hopes or dreams listen the problem has never been with God's ability the problem has been with our ability to receive it so he works within us trying to increase our capacity to be able to receive that which he has already done in the heavens that he wants to manifest in our earth so the primary battleground therefore is in your mind so second corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 to 5 first of all in the king james translation it says it says for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's King James. Can I read that same portion of scripture to you in the Amplified Translation? Please listen closely. It says, for though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using more human weapons for the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds verse 5 in as much as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God and we lead we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah and the anointed one do you understand what this is saying can I read it to you in the passion translation from verse 4 instead our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the knowledge of God we capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one it's time for us to start to capture the thoughts in our thought realm that militate against the knowledge of God against the finished work against what Christ says is already done are you hearing me what I'm saying you need to win the battle here before you can win the battle there 
You need to win the battle here before you can win the battle there. So many people spend so much of their energy while fighting the external battle. And the truth be told, if you have not won the internal battle, the external battle is only a pseudo-victory. He's deceiving you that you are victorious because true victory starts from, first of all, winning the victory on, in your mind. Your thoughts are either your limitation or your liberation. Did you hear me what I'm saying? I said your thoughts are either your limitation or your liberation. You need to update your thinking to, as to what is possible. It's only impossible until somebody does it. I was having a conversation with my son just a few days ago, and we're talking about um, how the, 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 the mile, the 100 meters, for multiple years, nobody, nobody could, breathe, um, could run the 100 meters um, um, uh, less than 14 seconds. So there was no sub-14 second 100 meters. For years, probably 80 years, nobody could break it. And in fact, some, some physiologists and, and um, medical people had said that it is humanly impossible to do. That the human body simply cannot run that fast. Then, on a particular year, a guy did it. He ran below 14 seconds. And everybody went, whoa, I mean, all the checks, all the, let's check him, let's do that. They did every examination they could do to, to try to find out what was, how could he, but they concluded that he actually did it. Do you know that three months later, everybody was breaking the 14 second 100 meters dash? It was, everybody was now doing it. Huh? What happened? For years, nobody had, because all they were waiting for was for somebody to do it, then, oh, so it's possible. It's possible. And then, boom, 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 boom. It's only impossible until somebody does it. You have to update your thinking as to what is possible. And right now, we're living in a day and a time where our minds are being bombarded with so much impossibility, cost of living crisis. It can't be done. It's tough. It's tough. There's no way out. So, so we're, we're being bullied. I don't know about you, but I, I've been feeling bullied of late. I, I've been bullied. I, I mean, sometimes in the middle of the night, I'm feeling like a bully is, is in my head trying to bully me. You can't do it. You can't make it. It's over. I, I wake up in the morning and the bully is still trying to bully me. Am I talking to anybody in this place? I turn on the news and the bully is there talking and talking and talking. That devil is a liar. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I refuse to be bullied. I refuse for anybody to condition my thinking to make me think that it is not possible. For with God, all things are possible. I choose to believe his word. Let God be true. And every man, every situation, every circumstance, every Goliath, let them all be liars. Update your thinking. Update your thinking. Update your thinking. You've got to update your thinking. Somebody shout update. update. 
Hallelujah. To update your thinking, going back to our text as I round up now, is to prepare new wine skins to receive the new wine that God has for you. God has new wine for you. And all he's waiting is for you to update your thinking uh, so that you can receive it. Hallelujah. Uh, God wants to do new things in your life, but he needs you to update your thinking that you might be able to receive it. He's able to pull victory out of defeat, but he needs you to update your thinking, new thinking, new thoughts, new ways, new things. I prophesy in the name of Jesus. I'm loosing your thought processes. Even this Sunday morning, I'm superimposing a supernatural spiritual update in your thinking. You don't hear me what I'm saying. You see, you know how it is, you've been walking certain pathways of thought for so long that they are well trodden and true. The grass in that area has even died from your often walking over it. You always think a particular way. You know, some of us in our personal worship places, there are some certain songs you sing all the time. In fact, once you sing this song, you know the song that's going to follow it. And then you know the song that is going to follow it because it's been programmed that way. That's the way you always think. Well, right now, this Sunday morning, I decree and declare an opening of new vestas of thought, uh, creative thought, innovative thought. Your thinking will no longer lock you down. Your thinking is going to liberate you. New thoughts, the thoughts of God in the mighty name of Jesus. You are going to think your way through, you are going to think your way out. The knowledge of witty inventions is about to be released in your mental realm in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout, Update! This is an update. Hallelujah. Your thought processes are liberated from the foundation of knowing that it is already done, that the work has already been finished. So therefore, all things are possible and all things are ready. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what situation or circumstances or obstacle or problem you're facing right now, but right now I decree and declare a release of answers in the name of Jesus. A release of answers. You will know what to do, how to do, where to do, when to do, with whom to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, an unlocking of your thought process to think on new realms and new levels. I know they say there's a casting down, but you're going to think far higher than that and degree and declare a lifting up in the mighty name of Jesus. I know they say there's no way. I decree and declare you are receiving the thoughts that show you the way where they said there's no way in the mighty name of Jesus. I know they said that you don't qualify. You can't get that kind of job. You can't get that kind of breakthrough. You can't walk on that level or on that realm. I decree and declare that is not your story. 
by the by invasion of creative thought, innovative answers, the knowledge of witty invention, new vestas of thinking. You are going to do what they said could not be done. You are going to achieve what they said no one could achieve. You are going to break the record. If you believe it, come and shout amen. This is an update. This is an update. This is an update. Place your hands on your head if you would. And I want you to start to just speak, pray, pray, pray over yourself. And say in the name of Jesus, new thought, creative thought, in the name of Jesus. Possibility thinking, not impossibility thinking. Creative, innovative, answers, 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 answers. Flood, flood my mental realm. I open the gateway, the passageway between my spirit and my soul. No, more, no longer clogged with limiting beliefs. In the name of Jesus, it's opened, it's opened, it's opened. I open it up, I open it up, I open it up. I open it up. I open it up in the name of Jesus. I create a pathway, a highway of transaction, of interaction between my spirit and my soul in the name of Jesus. No longer bully are you set free and set loose in the name of Jesus thank you Lord we give you the glory we give you the praise and so Lord I pray I pray that even in the second half of this year, Ooh, creative thoughts, healing thoughts, innovative thoughts, God thoughts, take the predominance in your soul realm. I shut down those voices, I shut down those tongues that whisper lies that whisper downfall, that whisper an end. I decree and declare no, no, no. Rather, creative God thoughts are yours in the name of Jesus. I push away depression. I dispel it in the name of Jesus. It's cast out in the name of Jesus. You think your way through, you think your way out. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, do more than I've asked. Do the exceedingly abundantly above. Because I've prayed in the name that guarantees an answer. The mighty name of Jesus. And the people said aloud, Amen. And somebody go ahead and give God the praise right now. Come on, come on, come on. You can do better than that. Give God the praise. Hallelujah. We hope you've enjoyed this uplifting sermon from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. We hope you've been informed and inspired. 
join us for services every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HOTR London. Also, live stream our services on YouTube at HOTR London. For more information, visit our website on hotr.org.uk.